did got picked first in the draft, which I appreciate. <laughs> Hell yeah. Is that is that what you're gonna go with? Rob, you look like you're trying to dress up on Halloween as like it's like, <laughs> like, like somebody who's 80s, been arrested for domestic. An 80s like jogger who's ready to go to the game. Oh, we <laughs> went two very different paths there. <laughs> Dude, he was 5'10", but his dick was like, I don't know, 10'7". I keep shaking my head too much, and it's making my butt go crazy. Oh, God. Is that Tim Tebow crap? Jizzy is short. I will spread for daddy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Boda Show. No mas, garbage time. Only Boda show. No gods, no man. Only Boda show. Uh, okay. Underwhelming. Heard. <laughs> Heard. No gods and no no man makes it hard to run the Boda show. Just. What are what are we? Yeah, it's a phenomenal. We are Boda. We've transcended everything else to become <laughs> whatever the fuck this is. I don't know. The word simpleton's being used a lot to describe me, so take that as you will. Simpleton. Yeah. Oh, Pretty boy. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. So what we're doing here, we're going to be nixing garbage time in the offseason. We're not going to be probably doing that offseason rundown again. Maybe we will, but I doubt it. Uh, we are just going to be continuing the football news right in a boat show and packing every bit of fucking sports content right up your ass. Boda show style. Oh, this is the first I'm hearing about this. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely told you about this, Rob. Jesus Christ. Oh, we have this exact conversation. <laughs> we do this every week, Rob. We tell <laughs> you what's going on, and you just kind of pop in. And you're like, hey. So, yeah, Rob, tell us your thoughts on Tim Tebow. <laughs> oh, my God. Do we have like three days? <laughs> Goaded. All right. Is it, um, is it weird that I've already like got my fantasy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right that's fine your fantasy number one pick is going to be tim tebow this year tim tebow tight end one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no, it seems like a safe tight end. i'm sure you can like slot him in as both i don't know yeah, calvin so benjamin that. calvin benjamin my man oh dude so kind of slot in uh, there. let's dig into that let's talk about some nfl news right since we we're just talking about garbage time kelvin benjamin finally eats that extra popeyes biscuit and ends up on the giants as a tight end I honestly didn't realize he wasn't retired. He was retired? No, I don't think so. I think he was just a free agent for a yeah, while. Yeah, no one's. Which is kind of miserable. I, I could see the value, I guess, especially with Evan Ingram being always, you know, questionable if he's going to play a full year. Wait, but... wait, where did he end up? The Jaguars? Giants. Giants. Okay, I, I honestly thought you said Jaguars. Game. No, no, I, I truly thought you said Jaguars. I was like, all right, now we need to have a conversation with who's ever in like management. Be like, all right, do we, do we know what we're doing here? Or is it just kind of like throw a dart at a bunch of names? And be like, oh my god, Shaquille O'Neal, call him in. Dude's got the best knees in the league. The Tight best end. knees ever. Shaq never had an injury. Nope. Nope. Got a um, bunch of athletes who like clearly been retired for years and they're like tight end are you free so more controversial news ryan kerrigan longtime washington football team player signs with the eagles today he said he made a post i think yesterday saying he wouldn't return to the football team 
Today he signs with the Eagles. That's a smack in the face. It is. But is it is it he signed with the Eagles as a way of purposely saying like, hey, I'm going to go to a to a division rival? Or was it just that was the only place that gave him the best offer? I mean, it depends on what that like that headline is. It's it's like, hey, I went to the Eagles because they gave me the best thing possible. Then it, there is no undertone of of hatred there or like you know animosity. Now, if it turns out that like that is exactly why he did it, cool. But um, before we jump to conclusions, you know, I, I don't think that he's that kind of player. I don't know uh, what I, you guys think down below, Zach. I feel like no matter what, it's going to come across as that regardless of if, you know, he had 40, you know, Jesus Christ, 40 teams. Uh, if he had like, you know, four or five teams giving him offers or if it was just the Eagles, it's going to come, come across as that to any Washington fan. Mm. Yeah, and it, it's hard, but you have to move on at some point, right? And they're building on a young, young defense, and Ryan Kerrigan, unfortunately, just doesn't fit that scheme anymore. Did anyone else notice I have a barcode on my hat? I didn't even realize it until I just noticed looking at myself. I'm sorry. There's a, there's a barcode on my hat. I'm going to forgive me. Rob, we already have enough problems with like all of us derailing the show. We sorry. now have another sorry. person ready to derail sorry. the show. Sorry. It was um, just a barcode about when I bought the hat. Anyway. God fucking damn it. <laughs> Drew, I kind of want, want to get your thoughts on this because this is kind of an interesting situation. The Juwan James being cut by the Broncos. He's played a total of what, 16 snaps? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of understandable from the Broncos' perspective, I guess. Um, I don't think they've really given him enough of a chance. He's a good lineman. It kind of sucks that he hasn't been able to get a foothold there without being hurt. Um, but I I would keep him around for a little bit longer and let him heal up and see what he can do when he gets back out on the field. It's eaten up a lot of cap space, I understand, but... I, I don't know. That's that's a big hit to the offensive line there. And if they want a chance at Aaron Rodgers, that's not going to help. <laughs> no, it, I, I, I'm going to say with Aaron Rodgers, that remains like net neutral for the line. The whole timeline for this goes, Juwan James gets injured. Somehow the NFL is like, hey, yo, by the way, new thing. You don't got to pay people if they get injured on their own time. So Juwan James is like, what the fuck? Like, pay me. Right. And then he gets cut, like, I think a week later. Yeah. So now there's going to be a whole ass lawsuit. This is going to be a very interesting thing, which will not work in his favor. I'm sure he'll still land on the team somewhere, but don't expect him to be a starter with all those injuries. I mean, 16 snaps. Jesus. Yeah. No, I agree. But there's talent there. He'll he'll find a place somewhere again, probably as a backup or whatever, eventually. But yeah, it's it's a crazy situation. The NFL is definitely not going to budge on all these whack new rules so no they never do you know that come nope. on nope okay so we have i'm gonna pivot zach let's talk about the nhl next because i have i have an interesting question that i've seen a lot of people get mad about um after or before game I one i saw even. it in the notes um mm-hmm. so i'm not gonna be of much help to you because i don't know their cap situation unfortunately off the top of my head but i can look into it and kind of do it as we go if you want yeah, I mean, either way. But what Zach and I are talking about is game one, uh, Nikita Kucherov has been out all year for the Lightning. Steven Stamkos was out more than half the year, I believe. And magically, all of a sudden, they're both ready to go for game one. So there's a there's like the you know NFL fan, like tin, or fuck, NHL fan tinfoil hat 
on that saying that they did this to somehow avoid a salary cap hit, which blows uh, me away. But yeah. See, I don't. But how would that? I don't see how you would be able to do that because you have to pay the player their salary for the season. Still if, on your know. roster. Yeah, he they're still on your roster, right? I'm just reading a fuck ton of angry comments. All right. Everyone's going to be angry about something on this. I think they're just mad. I think non lightning fans are just mad that all of a sudden those guys are back and ready to play. Well, it's not the lightning's fault that they were good enough to win without those guys and be in the position that they're in and then have them come back healthy and ready after mm-hmm. sitting out half, if not the whole year. Smart. Play no, <laughs> yeah. That's that seems to just work in their favor. Right. And it's just strategy. It's not really bending any rules or anything. Doesn't seem because no. I've also no- never, not that I know everything there is to know about like, but I've never heard of it like that ever happening. Yeah. I mean, like I, that just seems like such a weird, Oh, I want to be angry. All right. Let's find like something really niche and let's just start yelling about it. <laughs> From that point. Let's transition. Let's talk about the NHL playoffs because they have already gone off. They've already started. Zach, rough game one. Yeah, not great. <laughs> not Every, great. Everything I was seeing said like Tom Wilson looked like a fucking heart trophy winner. Yeah, no. Well, in that game, I guess the they one, were just leaving the Tom one, Wilson. No, the goal he scored was good. I mean, but again, it's it's just a matter of the Bruins not being able to produce enough offense and they just, they, they weren't, they didn't produce anything. I mean, they had fucking Craig Anderson in that. <laughs> Craig Anderson hasn't played in like a year, a year, Brizza? two, two years, basically was the starting goaltender in Ottawa, lost his job basically to Andrew Hammond and then lost his job to Matt Murray. Who's done so terrific for them. So terrific, but <laughs> yeah, the Bruins just need to, to score more, they, they need to score. I mean, they, they, they had two goals last, uh, not last night, the other night, but again, they're not generating enough chances. They're not getting to Craig Anderson. I mean, the, the Capitals did a really good job of blocking passing lanes, blocking shot lanes, and that's, that's how you win games folks. So <laughs> we'll see. They play tonight, but you know, game one obviously goes to Capitals and OT, but the first four games that, you know, that they played in the playoffs have been very entertaining. I mean, yeah, I'm pissed that they lost obviously, but it was a good game. And, you know, you had a game, you know, Penguins and Islanders. That one goes to OT. Islanders win that one. That was a good game. Same thing with the Wild and, and uh, the Golden Knights. You had a 0-0 game going into OT. And then, you know, obviously um, Minnesota win, uh, ekes out a win on that one. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you had three – the first three games of playoffs go into OT. One-goal games. And then even the Tampa Bay game, I believe, was a one-goal game, right? Doesn't uh, go yeah, into, it was doesn't go into OT – doesn't go into OT, but you know, the Panthers played a very good first period and they looked like they were going to have their way with the game. And then the lightning just battled back. They played a really good second. And then, you know, third period is what it was. It was a really good back and forth battle. I mean, they, they all four, sorry, all eight teams played really well and it was one goal game. So, I mean, in all four contests. Dang. So this be the playoffs okay. folks, different style of hockey. This is it, baby. Seven game series. It's, it's real now. Yeah, it is. So it what is. do you, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it off to you, Zach, to say whatever else you got about hockey as we usually do with the Boda show. It's just Zach say hockey. <laughs> um, 
let's see. Um, oh, yeah, uh, the Canucks and the Flames are still playing games. That's fun. Wait, seriously? You hear about this? Yeah, no. seriously. Yeah. Why? Is it a draft stock position thing? Or, no. Or draft position thing? I mean, I technically speaking, yes, you have to play the games because your, your contract slates that you have to play all the games in the season. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there are playoff games going on. And at 1030 tonight, the Canucks and the Flames are just playing a casual hockey game just sticking like, around just having some fun just everyone, because like everyone's kind of kind of bored they're like guys i haven't cleaned up my locker yet come on down to the rank we'll, we'll, we'll get a game going yeah they're well, dead ashes doing beer league now <laughs> they're not even wearing like actual uniforms <laughs> well that's the thing it's not even tell running around in like the asphalt like just playing that like og style of hockey it's just straight wait. hockey outside the yeah. arena james you heard me right wait yeah did yeah. you just say it's not even televised it's not televised to any major markets it's only local wow and again why are is it because games were missed in the regular it's because season? games were missed because of covid the canucks had a huge issue with covid this year they had a huge outbreak in british columbia um and they missed like seven or eight games due to it and a mo and, and they they made up a lot of them but they pushed all of the flames games to the back and the reason they waited was because the flames were out of playoffs and so they rescheduled everything to make sure that all the games were not being interfering with playoffs playoff time because quite frankly uh you know the north division playoffs don't start until i think either tomorrow or wednesday so they're already a game or two behind everyone else so they're trying to they're trying to finagle it where it's not going to affect anything. But the issue is is that you know you have a Canadian market. You're trying to play an exhibition game. It literally it's an exhibition. It doesn't even count. Like it'll count for standings wise and you know where they're where they're picking. Does anyone else give a fucking flying rat's ass about that shit? No. no. Everyone cares about the playoffs. <laughs> and the fact and the fact of the matter is they're doing that because um they want you know they want games to be watched and even though they're only doing it to local markets they don't have canadian uh, canadian playoff games right now well doesn't it, it doesn't sound like they actually care too much about what happens it actually doesn't sound like the they're teams, even trying to make a statement about care. playoffs no well, the teams the don't but even the nhl doesn't even sound like they care i mean oh, no, no, it no. sounds but, like this is a contractual obligation they're not even going to go out of the way to televise it they're just like listen guys whatever play hockey doesn't even matter like, well, no, that's the thing, though. It's not. It's um, game a game a game like that, like the Canucks and the Flames, is not a. It's not a market grab for anybody that lives in the no. United States, unless you're a fan of that team, in which you'll you, you obviously will be paying for the plan, right? So, it doesn't make sense for them to televise it because they would honestly just lose a bunch of money. Yeah, they and wouldn't again, get the no they wouldn't get the view they wouldn't get the views to justify that kind of game, especially where it's two teams at the bottom of their division, not playing meaningful hockey and again because you're right it is contractual but the nhl does care because they are going to make some money off of the niche off of you know fans of those teams sure. in canada because you know again it's canada so they love their hockey this hey. is a this might be a dumb question because i'm just realizing this now as you said it is the next round the first round where everything gets like intermeshed no, no. So it's divisional play for two rounds. Divisional and play for two rounds. Divisional play for two rounds. Then it gets down to the conference championships, but there's no conference trophies being handed out this year because there's no conferences. It's only right. divisions. So 
what they're gonna do you get a honda no like it's so stupid i don't understand what they're gonna hand out um this will be the first time you get a savings account (laughs) yeah like here's your 401k for the next five years until you have to liquidate it after the league goes to shit um i i i'm assuming what they're so not assuming i know what they're gonna do so what they're gonna do is it's gonna reseed based off of regular season standings so again and this is where i don't like what they did with the divisions because there were divisions that were super easy. So you are, you automatically get a distinct advantage in playoff seating. And there are divisions that were fucking stupid hard, like the ones that the Bruins were in. And again, yes, I'm a Bruins fan, but I've been advocating for the Rangers ever since they were, you know, they started playing this season. They deserve to be a playoff team. They had the points, but they didn't make it because the divisions were fucking stupid. Um, and again, so, you know, teams like, you know, depending on if they make it, Pittsburgh, the Islanders, the Bruins, um, you know, and um, the Capitals, like, you know, if any of them make it through, well, one of them has to, but, you know, depending on which one makes it through, like, they're getting fucked in seeding because you have teams like Colorado and Vegas who just tore through their division because it's hot trash and mm-hmm. scored a fuck ton of points in the regular season. You know, they're going to have an advantage by being able to play on home ice throughout the entire round. I mean, obviously Colorado won the president's trophy. Would they have won it if they weren't in that division? Maybe can't say Colorado's a good team. Vegas is a good team, but the other teams in that division aren't that great. Minnesota, good team. They're a good team. They're not as good as their record says though. I'm sorry. They're not. You that know, division what's, is you know what's really good. funny. Same and, thing with the North. The North is trash. It's it, this is this is a comment more or less on like sports fans generally and like the debate about playoff seating and all that. Yeah. But I've just decided there is just, no matter what a sports organization does, they cannot win this discussion of should we include more, should we include less? Right? Prime example: the NFL a couple years back, that Panthers, uh, Panthers division, which was like that entire that entire yeah. division, yeah, went seven to nine, and someone yes. was just unfortunately have to get dragged in there. Well, that's really unfair for whatever matchup they're going against because that team would have a massive disadvantage against whatever like actual NFL team that year that went really well. And it's the same thing with the NBA, right? They added the play in contention. Now people weren't into that. So on one hand, people get really upset. And Zach, this is not at all a comment on you. This is just something oh, no, you're fine. About where it's either don't change my playoffs. That's my playoffs. Like I want it to be this way. It's going to be the best of this. Don't you think about changing it? And then as soon as you come around to it, you're like, man, it's really unfair. Like I've seen so many times of like, how did that team make it in? They were one game below me, but because of the way that it went in their conference or their division or how they matched up, like, it's just such, it's a lose lose for I'm pretty like organizations outright. There's just no right answer. I feel right. I understand that. But my point to my point though, unfortunately for, for hockey is that this is an emergency situation. They had to do this because of COVID because they, they needed to run hockey or else and the NHL would have went bankrupt. And I understand that, but you set a precedent, you set a precedent when you said, okay, the top four teams in the division are going to make the playoffs. That's fine. But then you say, okay, well, the playoff seeds are going to be just run by season points. Well, again, if you have to, if you have to make makeshift divisions, throw, get, throw, throw together a bunch of teams based off the fact that you can only have Canadian teams playing Canadian teams. That was the, that was the bottom line. 
the, the entire Canadian division had to be a thing or else they couldn't do it because they, they can't have borders crossing. So not only do you give the Canadian teams a better chance of making the playoffs because there's only seven teams rather than eight, you're putting together teams like Ottawa, Calgary, Vancouver, in you know with a team like Toronto, who is a good team. They're not a great team. Again, look at what they've done in the previous years when they've been in division with actual fucking teams. They've, you know, they've been good. They've gotten the third or the fourth seed, played well, but they haven't made it past the first round in how many years? 25, some shit like that. Well, so I think I think at this point you kind of have to look at what they could control. Like you take the Canadian division for what it is. The North Division had to be a thing. You have to have the Canadian teams in a division. Correct. And that's what I'm saying. But then you have to look at how they aligned the American divisions. And it clearly could have been done a lot better based on their knowledge of the how those teams were at least projected to perform. Right. And in my in my issue with it is like you have teams like Tampa Bay and Florida in the central. Right. Exactly. They're not, they're not anywhere near the fucking central. <laughs> like, and you're giving, you know, you're giving those teams opportunities like they are now because both Florida and Tampa played very well during the regular season because they played teams like Detroit and Columbus and Chicago and Nashville. They were not good. Chicago was good at the beginning of the season, but they're not a good team. Well, and I think this is really the first valid point you can look at where it's like, oh, so that's why Tampa Bay was able to make it through the season as they did and get that playoff spot and not have their two top players, arguably. Right. So, I mean, again, it's like you think about it like this. You have a division where three teams are three teams are, I would I would argue, elite. Although Florida, I wouldn't argue is elite. I would argue they're great. They're a great team. They've gotten a coach in Joel Quenville who has revitalized that system. And, you know, you know, sometimes you just get the right coach. And Florida seems like they got the right coach. I mean, the dudes won three Stanley Cups in the past two decades. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. And they're a good team. They're a good team. They're not an elite team. Carolina, that's an elite team. Right? So you have you have a couple of teams that are really good. Tampa Bay, you know, there was a point during the season they were they were not looking so good. You know, there were injuries, all that kind of stuff. And obviously now they're back in the playoffs and they're completely healthy. So we'll see what they do. That's a surprise dark horse kind of thing. But there's only three teams in that division. I can say they're good. You look at the East Division, there's six teams. Six. And yes, I am counting the Philadelphia Flyers for you people at home. They are a good team. They were victims of a fucking disgustingly hard division. <laughs> they were outplayed by the Rangers. Absolutely. They had some injuries to deal with, and Carter Hart did not play up to his potential this year. But they're a good team. You had six teams in that division that were good. So... I, I disagree with how they, like you said, Drew, how they went about, you know, moving the divisions together. Mm-hmm. I, I think there was something else that they could have done, especially with, you know, going by most points for, you know, that, that conference playoff seating. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, anyway. I, I agree. Yeah. I got nothing else to add to that. That was yeah. phenomenal, Zach. It's good to have hockey back. God. Playoff hockey. Playoff hockey. Probably going to be an, an unpopular statement, but hockey is a sport that I know the least about. That's all right. Me not, too, I'm not. I don't really think that's an. Un, that's not an unpopular. Unpopular. Yeah. Popular. I would no, say maybe maybe for being like a Bostonian, I was just never. I I definitely watched hockey when I was told, "Hey, this is playoff hockey." 
right? So I watched last year in the finals. I watched when we won the Stanley Cup, but I'm not a um, like like I'm not a I'm not a diehard hockey fan. Like so I am like 80... baseball, basketball, football. <laughs> So you're eighty percent of regular Bostonians who only care about the that's team true. That's probably true. Probably fair. Yeah, I uh, don't know a lot about it. Well, what I mean in the reference point, like I I couldn't tell you players outside of you know the Bruins for the most part, besides like the big name ones like Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> like oh, I thought, honestly, that's... I thought you were saying Alex Ovechkin was on the Bruins. I would. No. That's honestly more I, than Jay I at least say. know that much. That is true. I don't even think I got Ovi. Yeah, I tried getting yeah, way yeah. too fancy with it. Throwback. Yeah, well, run the gauntlet again for you to <laughs> see if you can even name the players that you named last time. <laughs> I don't remember. All right. Uh, let's talk some NBA. Uh, NBA playoffs are going to kick off on Saturday. Heck the big yeah. thing to watch out for are going to be these injuries. LeBron James is still nursing an ankle injury. He's fine. He he's is fine. fine. He was laughing on the bench. People yeah, are making so a huge fine. deal out of this. The yeah. amount of fucking time ESPN gave to this this morning made me yeah. want to run my head to a wall. I had yeah, they, movie, like baking content for the week. Well, it's I also think they just gave it to I think that headline the Le, LeBron ankle, which um, by the way, just going to preface, I love LeBron James. I'm a huge fan of his game. I definitely am one of those people who think that he might be the single greatest basketball player of all time. We're not having that discussion about uh, MJ, but is that, he that better, headline that headline is huge. Than Tim Tebow. Uh, yes, he would be. He would be like a certified <laughs> pro bowler. Like, but anyways, I think that headline carries more traction because of Steph Curry, because Steph Curry has like willed his team into the playoffs in a, just a, a scorching amount of scoring over the past month. This game has been uh, really hyped up. And now like an hour before the game starts, all of a sudden like LeBron hurts himself. Everyone's like, Oh my God. So no, I think this is absolutely less to do with LeBron and more to do with are we finally going to get that that finals rematch we got back in 2018? So. You can hope, but you, you can hope. I mean, God, you just you just want it to be good, right? Because as as much fun as it is to watch dominant teams, right? Unless you're like a true diehard fan of that team, you do get a little tired of the let's steamroll everything. Like, it's just not fun that way. You do want there to be a little, like, yeah, you you want to watch when a team does really well and it meshes on offense and it meshes on defense. Um, but sometimes you just want to watch two phenomenal athletes just put up points on each other. In absurd See, numbers. I get that. I respect that point. But that's part of the reason on the ante of that is why I rooted for Miami so hard last year. Is because they were the under. They like they fought tooth and nail to get through each round, and all of a sudden they're they're in the fucking final, and they're fighting like Goliath. But yeah, yeah. David got stomped. It was the alternate yeah. universe where David just got shit on. Well, that was also because that that I think was one of those things where, and it's it's not even that the Heat were bad. It was just it came to a certain point where moving through the East has and always will be so much easier than moving through the West. It's been basketball's mantra since Kobe Bryant. It's been basketball's mantra, you know, for at least as long as I can remember. So finally, you know, and, and all the credit in the world to the Heat, because that was a phenomenal kind of Cinderella story. And, and Jimmy Buckets went on a tear. Um, but like when an immovable force meets an unstoppable object, you're coming up against LeBron. And, and not even just, just LeBron, playoff LeBron who already makes you a better player and you had Anthony Davis. And so who is Jimmy Buckett supposed to fall back on? Like it just came down to experience. And yeah, you can tell me that Anthony Davis doesn't have that playoff experience. Yeah. But LeBron has so much of it. Rondo had so much of it 
that the rest of that crap didn't even matter. Like just, it balanced itself out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fair enough. But I think this is going to be an awesome, awesome playoffs. If I can just speak really quickly, Phoenix, good for them. The Phoenix, I think Devin Booker is kind of one of those players where people were just like begrudgingly ready to give him the respect that I think he deserved all the conversations I, I felt like for Devin Booker years leading up were always just like, you know, he's going to be great one day. And it's that obnoxious, like theoretical appreciation, like Sam Darnold, man, he's going to be like, theoretically, Sam Darnold could be great. Right. But it, like at some point you kind of have to take a stance on it. And finally, I'm just so happy the Phoenix Suns were like, listen, I'm so tired of you guys telling us, man, one day we're going to be great. We're just going to do it. And I think Devin Booker is a monster. Like, yeah, but a I think monster. also, I, I mean, I love D book. I, Obviously, he put up a huge night on the Celtics. What was that two years ago? Oh, when he put up uh, like sixty, was it? It was like sixty or seventy. It was something it was like a that. Stupid number. But the most, I think, the key piece that we're not talking about is CP3 adding yeah. into their whole roster because he has Absolutely. changed that team completely. Oh yeah, he. I, I. I. Great point. Yeah, he. He brings not. No one does he bring that veteran leadership, which you know growing up whatever like you know, they, teams brought veteran players in and the the fallback sentence was veteran leadership i never understood i was like that's okay cool like what does that mean totally yeah. get it now super important and on top of that cp3 has always been a competitor constantly and whether or not you want to say maybe the team didn't mesh well in houston he comes to this team and they they pretty much just looked at him and like hey you're the boss tell us where we need to be Helps that he was the point guard. Helps that he's a generational talent. Worked out really well for everybody. Arguably the best basketball IQ ever also, which definitely gives him a good mark. Um, You you can't not benefit from having Chris Paul on your team, especially when you give him kind of the reins of the team and say, hey, this is your team now. Lead it. You got a good young core. You got a solid team around you let's take us to the next level here. Make us a great basketball team. Oh yeah. Well, Which I mean, you, they did. You, you, you look at that point guard position equivalent to the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, usually when the headlines are, you know, big splash, so-and-so acquired so-and-so it's like when Milwaukee um, got Eric Bledsoe. And I think a lot of people were like, all right, that's kind of a cool pick, but I don't think Eric Bledsoe can be your leader. And he definitely wasn't, right? Because you already had You're at a budding Giannis at that point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, wherever Chris Paul ended up, that was just like, you are the leader. Like, he, he was the de facto leader. So I, I think Phoenix was like the really, really the best place for him. I like DeAndre and I really like Devin, Devin Booker a lot. And I don't know, I'm hoping for a deep, deep playoff push for the Suns. Do I think they can go all the way to the finals? I don't know, because they are going to run into that. Do we have the playoff experience? question and you know when you're down you know five or ten points and the clock's going do these players have that mental fortitude that you expect in the playoffs to kind of step up don't know but no matter what i think it'll make for a really fun playoffs this year so speaking of playoffs let's let's kind of touch sorry i don't know if i just cut you off there drew i just said agreed we're good all right betsky let's talk about the plan because this is this is where it gets kind of weird right so right now in the West, we'll start off there because we're already kind of talking about that. Memphis matches up with San Antonio. That is a one-game thing, right? Oh, wait. So are these the, – the, the plans are one games, right? All I believe so. Yeah. Okay. It's So like a wild card type. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. It is, but it, they're both different. It's a little weird. weird. It's strange. So yes. I mean, 
you'll so you'll see good. you'll see you'll see what he means. It, I didn't realize this until I looked at the bracket. Yeah. So with Memphis and San Antonio, right? That winner uh, will end up facing the winner of the Lakers and Golden State. No, sorry, that wait, person, no, this that is where it gets confusing. Can't be, wait, that no. can't. they Nobody's end up playing. playing. They end up playing the loser of Los Angeles and Golden State. The winner of that ends up playing Phoenix. And then the winner of Memphis, San Antonio, LA, Golden State, whoever those two teams are, end up playing Utah. Wait, okay, so no, that can't wait. Hold up, hold up. Scenario. So no, because because the loser, because if you lose a game, you would be the lower seed and you'd have to play the higher seed. So they would wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Are the Jazz the higher seed? Right now? Jazz are the number one seed. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Phoenix was still number one. That's my bad. Then no, no, right. Phoenix is two. Right. Got you, got you. That's got to be the most. Dude, again, I, didn't, I thought it was harkens, win and get in. I thought it was win and get in, get to the spot. Yeah, that's what this harkens back, Zach, to the conversation you were just having a few minutes ago. There's no winning when it comes to this playoff bracket bull crap. No. Like, it, we want it to be so simple, and for some reason, it is just the most. But this, but awful. for me, Convoluted. this is different. This is different, though, because this wasn't out of necessity. Yeah, this is just some asinine exactly. scheme that they came up with. Yeah. It's arbitrary yeah. as all hell. No, Drew, yeah. you're you're totally right. I definitely think this was the NBA's way of being like, hey, more? And like, <laughs> right. I don't think anybody was even asking for more playoffs. Like, and if if they were, I definitely didn't get the email. But I don't rem- I don't remember there being this big storyline in the past years being like, you know, we need like every single team in the NBA to make it to the play-in tournament at the end. But that's because the, then at that point you're just playing soccer when it's like the Premier League and then like the Championship League and like no one cares really. It's like so. Here's my question: Stop doing that. Are they bubbling again? Are they in a bubble this time? Uh, I don't believe so. No. Okay, so so how does this make any sense? So you have again. I'll just go off the East. I believe it's what the Celtics and the Wizards, and then the Celtics, Wizards, Indiana, Charlotte. And by the way, no, it is not bubbles. You're uh, it's right. It's, it's a not series. Bubbles, and I'll right? get to that point later. So yeah, yeah. so. Basically, you're saying is okay. Well, the Celtics have a home, a home game against which the Wizards, they'll right? most likely lose. Which they'll most likely lose, right? So I then, know Bradley so Beal's injured. So then yeah, they have to. The Celtics couldn't. They no, they suck. No, they're gonna um, lose. They're um, they're not playing good basketball. No, they're playing terrible. Exactly. But anyways, so then then they have to wait until the other game is over to figure out where they have to travel to next in short notice to go play another game to figure out if they made it to the playoffs or not. Yeah. Like, what what, what yeah. the fuck is that? And the frustrating part is sorry, I have the mic over here. My bad. The, sorry, the, the frustrating part is how well this narrative is gonna work for the NBA organization in the offseason. Because when it comes time and there's gonna be questions about this, they're gonna be like, Yeah, well, our play in tournament allowed LeBron James and Steph Curry to play. And that was a massive game for us, and we made a bunch of money. And it's like, yep, it did. We see that. Please, please do not let like don't let that be like the justification to continue this complicated playoff scheme. And that's the worst thing is like the best case scenario for them was two teams with premier level talent. It had to make the games worth it. And it just happens to be that in one of these play in games, you're going to have like the two greatest basketball players of our generation right now. It's just so frustrating that that's how it worked out in terms of that that playoff number. Well, but for yeah. me, for me, it, it it wouldn't be able to justify it for me because I'm looking at it like this: you have one game where you have that, right? There, there is obviously an opportunity where somewhere down the line they could have met, you know, and and had a seven game series. I mean, it would have taken until the conference finals because I know 
the Lakers are seven and, and uh, Golden State is eight. They would have made the playoffs regardless. So for me, I look at it like this. Seven and eight, right? The Wizards, Celtics, the Lakers, and, and the Warriors, right? Do any of the other two teams, like, make you think, oh, well, you know what? They, they do deserve to, like, have a, have a chance to play for this playoff spot. Do any of those four teams scream that to you? I see where you're going, Zach. I, I super see the point you're trying to make. What they can just fall back on is we don't have to play the shoulda, coulda, woulda, what if game. We just have a factual scenario now where these two teams met in our playoff play-in nonsense. So, like, I think you're totally right. These teams absolutely would have met uh, later, right? I think those are, like, especially without this, like, play-in tournament, those teams definitely would have made it, right? And they would have moved up. Yes, the problem is they don't have to play that classic what if scenario. They can literally just fall fall back on and say, our playing tournament worked because now we got two very, very marketable teams right here. They're gonna play each other. You're all for gonna watch game. it. For one it's game. It's one game, but that's all they needed. It was they were literally like the odds were it was bases loaded, no outs with like a closer on the mound who's his first game. It was nigh impossible for them to lose this situation. They're going to get a game that's going to make a lot of money. They're going to argue it's going to really work. And unfortunately, our argument is we don't like it. And that's the best that we can come up with. I, I mean, I honestly, like my my argument would be, well, no, you're now potentially losing out on, you know, the Lakers and the Warriors, the two teams that have been dominating the Western Conference in the past. Obviously, the Lakers are, are, are new talent now specifically, but the you know Golden State has been dominating the West for the past five, six years. Right. would be going up against the one and two de facto seeds of the West and potentially causing some big upsets. Like I would rather have that than one game of LeBron and Steph Curry. Yeah. yeah but, but they're not, they're not would, the sorry. NBA does not want necessarily the Utah jazz and the Phoenix suns to be that's the two exactly teams it. in the conference championship. Drew's they don't right. want the NBA is not batting teams. for emotional games. They're batting on numbers. They, I understand that. Not, those small market teams, they're going to give them every chance to lose that they can. Right. And I, I feel like you're giving them a better chance because, you know, what happens if the Lakers play two bad games of basketball? They're out. Where in the other scenario, you're putting number seven against number two. They're playing Phoenix. Los Angeles has seven games. I would take Los Angeles in that series. Right. But what's, what's a better narrative that they can fall back on? Is it that the Golden State lost to the Lakers – or as Drew pointed out, Golden State lost to a low market team. If if whatever team makes it out of this, the Lakers or Golden State, the narrative is, yep, that rivalry is still there because they it was it took the best to beat the best. Mm. If that game doesn't happen that way, if Golden State makes it into the playoffs and they get knocked out by a team in the West who definitely is not as high market, that's a harder narrative for them to spin. And you got Zach, I'm I'm exactly I, I'm, I'm I'm with you, man. I want no, I those get emotional you. games more. But as far as the NBA going in terms of if they're just looking to capitalize on money, this is a win-win for them. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I see it from a, you know, from that perspective. I just feel like I feel like as a general fan, obviously seeing LeBron and um Steph Curry playing in, in a game together, obviously you want you want the known. That's the known. And you don't have those small markets playing. But at the same time, like if, if I'm if I'm a general fan of basketball, yes, I'd love to watch that game, but I'd also love to watch Steph Curry carry an eight seed team over a huge upset and then win the MVPs. I, that, that's you. 
That's what I. Would, I that's I, what I would want. As I a would super fan of want that. I, I just don't that. think the NBA's as as far as what the NBA wants their their storyline to be. I just right. don't think they can gamble that because right, I mean, as as with every sport, right? You inevitably, no matter what kind of hot streak you on, you're on. It does eventually end in one way or another. And the last thing the NBA probably wants is Steph Curry carrying them and then first round knockout because the momentum just stopped this way. They can at least fall, fall back on, but yeah, it was to like, it was to LeBron. Right. I mean, and exactly. I'm right there with you, man. I want those games instead. It's hard to look away though, from what's like right in front of you. It's just, it's just crazy to me. What's crazy to me is that, you know, you're looking at these seven and eight teams and like, obviously the Celtics are a different case because they lost Jalen Brown. They've been playing terrible basketball, but you know, just awful for, for both, for, for all of us, I think both of us, you know, both of us, all of us expect the Lakers and the Warriors to make the playoffs. Right. Yeah. It's, I foresee that happening. So it's kind of like when se- you make your playoff bracket every, every year, you already seeded the first like seven teams in the West. And the fun is who is that eighth? Right. right? So here's, so here's my question, right? So if you have that, you have the Lakers say you have that one game, right? Now the Lakers lose both of those games and they're out of the playoffs. There goes a huge ass fucking market. There goes an entire section of the country that will watch playoff basketball because you know they're not going to watch playoff basketball if the Lakers aren't in, right? So there's a there's a gamble on both sides, but with but this is the unknown. What we're going what they're going with is actually the unknown. Because right. beyond that one game, you have nine and ten who, yeah, they could play a really good game of basketball, make the playoffs, and then you have, I don't know, uh, Phoenix against the Grizzlies. Who wants right. to fucking watch that? But no that's, one. That's my whole point. That's that's what I'm trying to say about this whole thing. This was a gamble, and they won. The NBA won this in in the in the most spectacular fashion they possibly could have. They gambled a new playoff bracket. They're going to get a massive interest out of it. And they're that's get, like, that's, that's the bummer. That's, that's what I've been saying is it's like, they can literally just look back at this when it comes time to discuss next year. If it's, if we keep this situation, they go, heck yeah, absolutely. Because look how great that play in game was last year. Right. It's, it's the jackpot, right. It's, and it's all they're going to need to justify this going forward. I'm going to, I'm going to argue that you have, they're doing that format for one game, Right. They're doing, they're basically the format worked out for one game. Because is anyone really going to want to watch Celtics Wizards? Like, is that, is that a no. marquee matchup in the league? No, no. Shut up, James. No one fucking, they also, <laughs> but they also didn't need every game to work. No, no, of course. They really you did. Don't. They actually needed one, maybe two. You, you're, you're, you're correct. They don't need every game to work. I understand that. But eventually, the pushback is going to be there and they're going to have to get rid of it because oh, yeah. they're not going to, because all these games, like you're including way too many teams and you are again, how, how could you walk away from having two premier teams being the seven and eight seed for, you know, the first time in a long time. Yeah. Right. And having the potential for them to do that. Right. That is a, that's a, that's a known. That's a known because right. you know that they have the potential to upset. You know where they're going to be in the bracket. The, the the gamble that they're going with is one game. I understand that. But from a from a general fan perspective, like if the Lakers aren't there, it's not as interesting. If the Golden State Warriors are not there with MVP Steph Curry, it's not as interesting. And they have the potential to lose both of them. Yeah. Well, actually, sorry. 
No, but, one of them. They have one. My bad. Listen, you know, at 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 the end of the day, like regardless, it's and it is like it's it's just the the unfortunate yeah nature of it all. But like at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, it's like it stinks, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? But anyways, I'm just. I'm just trying to trying to get into the head of like I don't know Adam Silver. Oh, play that game. Yeah. <laughs> you will you will fall down a yeah. very complicated business rabbit yeah. hole if you try I, to. I even, just it yeah. just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Like you you would want you know you you want you want to stamp pad on what you have, and I feel like you know the NBA is just trying to cater to fans that they don't have right now. I feel like that's what they're doing. You know, you get one game. Obviously, it's going to make you a bunch of money, and they're catering to fans that they don't have. They're catering to, you know, people that don't watch basketball. They know, oh, I know Steph Curry. Oh, I know LeBron James. Wherein people that watch basketball are like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like, no one wants this. You know what I mean? So, you know, you're you're appeasing to not even fair weather fans. The you're appeasing to the unknown on on all aspects of this, at least from my perspective. And you're gonna you're gonna lose respect and viewership with regular basketball viewers because. No one's gonna watch. Want to watch this crap? Come playoff time, they want the playoffs. They don't want this bullshit. But that's my take. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jesus Christ. Sorry. So <laughs> Drew and I are gonna come back in here. Um, <laughs> rest of the bracket, we're talking. We already said Utah is gonna match up with the loser of the seven to eight. The Clippers end up playing the Mavericks. My favorite wait, matchup no, in the West. Phoenix matches up. No, yeah. wait, no. what? You Utah matches up with the loser of seven and eight. No, Utah, win, Utah matches up with the loser seven eight. If, if the winner win of that the plays Phoenix, thing, right? No, geez. the Utah Dude, Utah's number I am one. Looking at it, we Dude, we are no, looking at it. Correct. You, no, so seven and eight play and nine and ten play. The correct. winner of nine and ten plays the loser of seven and eight. And correct. The winner, the winner of, of that plays game Utah. plays Utah. Best. Yes. got it now. Okay, yeah. yes. now we're on the same page. Okay. Then the winner of seven and eight plays plays Phoenix. That plays one's Phoenix. That one's straight. All right, that one's whatever. Everybody, yeah. I cordially invite you to eat my scrotum. Um, my favorite matchup, oh, as I was really interrupted by Drew correcting me. Hey man, just trying to make sure the record is straight. Uh, Zach, I'd rather use a spork if you don't mind. Uh, That's fine. It's my favorite desert. matchup in the West has got to be Denver versus Portland. <laughs> Denver versus Portland, I think, is going to be a fucking fun series that's a seven yes. game series no doubt and damian lillard uh shout out because he's my oh. basketball player in playoff dame playoff playoff damian is one of the most intense and efficient basketball players i have ever seen i mean he's just he's he's, just, he's an absolute stud i love portland um i huge huge fan of his game remember when he came in i was actually really excited when it went back when it was lamarcus aldridge and damian lillard that was that to me was such an awesome time and then that team just kind of like just inches season by season almost there um and then like you know kind of runs into what a lot of people in the west eventually come into so which is you know either golden state at the time or the lakers but yeah okay so now let's look at the east because we've oh uh yeah, I already said Denver Portland. Okay, let's look at the East. Uh, playing games, we already talked about Indy and Charlotte. Then they'll match up with whoever loses out of Boston and Washington. The winner of that matchup will go on to play Brooklyn. And the winner of the, good God, the loser-winner matchup ends up playing the number one seed, um, Philly. Then we have the Knicks matching up with the Hawks. 
and Milwaukee and Miami. I'm I, I'm I'm looking at them. They're all pretty good matchups. I really think the marquee matchup out of all this though has to still be Denver Portland on either side. I don't like we said we don't really care about the playing games, or I don't at least. I mean, I'm a Celtics fan. I don't give a fuck. I don't think we're going anywhere. And then whoever gets the misfortune of matching up with Brooklyn and Philly. Cool. But Drew, you have any thoughts on this one? Um, I think the Milwaukee um, Miami series will be at least kind of fun as a, just a redo of last year. Um, That's see a if good Milwaukee point. Can, a little revenge tour. Yeah. See if Milwaukee can bury the demons from last playoffs and all that jazz. So I think the three, six matchups really are the ones to watch here. Um, I think through the jazz or in the West. Yes. Yes. He okay. said all that jazz and I came in a little late for the job. Oh, fuck off. Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, all right. Well, I, I, God, I think the other matchup that's going to be decent regardless is going to be Phoenix against whoever wins between. So, ir- irregardless. So, nope. That is not a word. I know I do it every time. It's fun. <laughs> um, Moving beyond that, I think a funny thing, I think Rob, you and I talked about this at work. Mm. Nobody is talking about Milwaukee being a contender anymore. Nobody's like, oh, Giannis could push him through this year. Because everyone knows you stop Giannis, the rest of the team is meh. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that storyline's finally going into this season. Yeah, well, there's also this this kind of like a crap or get off the pot situation. I think that's been kind of in Milwaukee for a while. You know, and, and okay, to me, a big problem was you oversold Giannis hardcore over the past few years, really oversold him. You know, it, the headlines weren't just what a great basketball player. What a, what a, what a, what a, like a phenomenal team player. No, it was what a dominant beast. And the headlines were always, and to Giannis's credit, he is a absolute monster, truly. But Right. I mean, that headline can eventually work against you once you once you're unable to get there. And also not even Giannis's fault. Milwaukee is terrible, terrible at adding players around him. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's just the Wisconsin thing. (laughs) What's that? He said it's just a Wisconsin thing. I and like and that's it's like I I I mean I I don't get it I with all the whether or not you know if if it comes out that you know Milwaukee's like hey we've we've really tried and to get these like big name players and nobody's come here well that's I'm sorry that that's not an excuse the question is what are NBA players not wanting with Giannis that that we're not seeing right I mean Giannis is an absolute monster and yet for some reason that team can't get over the hump whatever it is and it's like. I love Giannis. I think he's a great player. And I would like for Milwaukee to win because I think that would be cool. Shakes it up a little bit. But it's 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 gonna be like that heat thing all over again, right? Jimmy's great. Jimmy's a phenomenal basketball player. Who else is there? Tyler Hero, baby. <laughs> hero, baby. And he's good. Miami got hot at the right time, which is another thing we talked about. But I feel like we have beat the NBA to a pulp. Yeah, that's a baseball, Drew. Yay! Bye. LA, LA Dodgers, baby. Oh, God. Big right, slippery slide. So, I got to say, the kind of funny thing as I was writing the notes today, uh, we had like the Red Sox are in a bad shape. They got swept by the Orioles, which is, I guess, the last time we did garbage or uh, the Boda show. Yep. Now, <laughs> I changed the date. <laughs> thank you. Uh, now, 
the uh, the Red Sox are leading the MLB in wins. It should be. They well, I know they lost last night, but they won two against the Angels, so I, I believe they're. Uh, they are currently tied against the Athletics. Oh, which is also doubly shocking. Yes. <laughs> Indeed, it is because both but, teams started off dog. The, shit. A, the, the, the LOS is also like a terrible division. Like, eh. it, it listen, it's top not, heavy. Whether or not, and and I know we're going to talk about the Angels later, and they're underperforming. But yeah, that but, isn't I mean, that isn't a division where if any of those teams sit at the top, I'm shocked that another team isn't. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but like, I mean they're not only playing teams in their division. It's not the NHL. They're playing <laughs> teams from across the leagues. It, I don't sure. think that being in a weak division has any real bearing right, no, on the but, fact that they're no. But it's not even like a division where they're either like that. They're, they're all competing or contending against each other. It just kind of feels like it's average across the board. Specifically, specifically yeah. to the AL West, yeah. there is not a team in the AL West, regardless of how you want to feel again about the Angels, that I think is as dominant as any other team in the AL West. Right, there are certain teams and divisions where you can look at it and you're like, well, yeah, duh, they're gonna lead. That's clear. It's just not. I just don't feel that way about that particular. Okay. Yeah, you're, I mean, I think there's competition. I, th- I think there's a lot to be sorted out in, especially the American League. There's a lot of good races going on division-wise. Uh, even in the National League, National League East is kind of fucked, but <laughs> I can't wait. We'll we'll dive into that, Drew. Um, it's ball. So, with us talking about the Red Sox, obviously, pitching has been our biggest issue still. Um, We never know what we're going to get out of our starters, and it has been consistently. But our offense is keeping us alive through so many games. Oh, wow. Look who fucking put up the bat signal, put up the big fat B in the sky. All of a sudden, Chris appears when we start talking about the Sox. Look at that. Chris, welcome to the show. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. We're just talking about the Red Sox. And their pluses and minuses. Sophie, you slut. And their what? Pluses and minuses? Yeah, like what's good, what's bad. Oh. Um, I love that they, I mean, they go up like 11 game win streaks and then all of a sudden they lose five in a row. So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's just I, the nature of the Red Sox, though. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But it's also, I don't think anyone expected this at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I mean, look where we're at compared to last year. We thought, oh, this season's another rebuilding season. And now look at them. No, yeah, I mean, this, it's pretty impressive. This is the perfect season for the Red Sox because there's literally nothing they can do wrong. They only serve to garnish favor. They're either going to play like crazy like they are, in which case everyone's like, damn, what a great season for the Red Sox. Way to, like, way to show up, guys, when we had zero expectations. Or... They do exactly like what people were expecting, and the narrative is, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what we were expecting. It's kind of hard for the Red Sox to lose, metaphorically, this season, just based on, like, narrative alone, right? The pitching, it's not great, but let's also not pretend like the pitching is, like, we, it's, it's rare that we lose games where the question was, damn, the pitching held, the batting, like, didn't. No, it's either we're winning these games, like, 9 nothing, and the pitching locks it down, or the bats go quiet. And we're losing these games like three or four, nothing. I, I, I never really find the Red Sox to be one of those teams where it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. No, it's like very rigidly, either the pitching <laughs> failed or the batting failed. One or the 100%, other. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 
and that's what stings the most, I think, is when our pitching's hot, it's hot. And when our bats are hot, they're hot. But there's no in-between. So, like, I they're mean, also never we, hot it does never align. Yeah, exact, James, exactly. They're, it's ne- the stars exactly. never align on, on, on that one. There isn't a game where, you know, we, like, stro- we like K-16 and, and put up, like, seven runs. It's just mm-hmm. – um, So, with that being said, let's talk about someone else in the East, our favorite – uh, let's talk about how the Yankees have bounced back from a dog shit start to just become a fucking top tier team again. Yeah, I don't know. Still dog shit. I mean, yeah, they're still a garbage organization, but that's I not mean, the point. Yeah. <laughs> with with the sheer quantity of talent and money that they've thrown into that team, it was inevitable that at some point they were gonna not suck completely anymore. <laughs> uh, right. So, I mean. We've reached that point, unfortunately, a little earlier than maybe anticipated. But yeah, I, I, I mean, James, can I chime in? Yeah, go ahead. Zach. I just want to say, I no, that's fine. Um, not that I, not that I'm a Yankees fan or anything, but the Red Sox organization is pretty garbage after Super League, so can't really. We're kicking can't... Zach from the yeah. fucking chat after after what you shut your after the Super out. League debacle. In the Fenway group did not include baseball. I understand that, but he's talking about the organization, which is my perfect time to chime in and not talk about baseball because I don't care for he's it. He's talking about soccer. Yeah, I'm talking about soccer because they own Arsenal, correct? Don't bring Liverpool. LeBron James into Sorry, this. Sorry, they own Liverpool. My this. fault. I don't know soccer either, but at least I read about it. All right? Doesn't know Fair soccer. Enough, doesn't know baseball. Goes to complain about how they handle soccer and baseball. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, for my baseball boys in the chat Perfect. here, Garrett Cole been lights out for them. That has been consistent even when they were losing. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge is finally raking, which is great. And John Carlos Stanton, Stanton is on been, a hot streak. Uh, well, he was until he was placed on the, the, the DL. But um, what a shock. What a shock, right? No. Uh, and I think, you know, Drew, James, Chris, you'll agree with me is that John Carlos Stanton was the lifeblood of the Yankees this year. I mean, just kind of like brought that team back. I mean, he was the only one performing. I mean, I'm pretty sure there was like questions about about Aaron Judge's future and like with the Yankees. Like those were the kind of things that you were kind of starting to hear early on in the Yankees, right? And like in the season kept going a little bit, and Aaron Judge, it was like, hey, like, is this gonna be a point where the Yankees are gonna trade a bunch of players come the trade deadline if this keeps going? Is Aaron Judge maybe one of those players? See, the thing is though, what gets me there is we're hearing that from Yankees fans who at James's girlfriend are the biggest scumbag fans in the world. They started throwing shit on their, at their own players because they were losing. Like, I, I mean, there's no respect at all. So, of course, Aaron Judge has a couple bad games and he's injured. What are they going to say? Yeah, this guy sucks. We don't want him anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And that's exactly that's what true. happened. I don't think from that's the true. organization it was coming out that Judge was going to leave. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think that's fair. I think it's the whole puppy thing I've talked about where Yankees fans, when they're in there, are either everything's great or everything's awful. There's no like exactly. Yeah, There's but no... you you could say I mean that's that's not exclusively a Yankee thing. I mean, that's every organization to yes. a degree, some more than others, have fans that are like that. I mean, listen, I I I'm not a Yankees fan, right? It's just you're, you're raised, Red Sox-Yankees rivalry, that's it. You do not like the Yankees, and 
I mean, that's just the end of the discussion. There is no why. Nope. Son, stop. You just don't like the Yankees. That's the rule. But I'm not, I'm not going to fault these headlines coming out because no matter what, no matter what fandom you're a part of, you have these like, I mean, Bruins fans want Rask gone. Um, Celtics, Celtic, yep. Celtics fans have been, have, I mean, there's even questions about asking Brad, like not asking, but like wanting Brad Stevens to leave and wanting Marcus Smart to leave. Right. So no matter where you're coming from, you know, that it's the, you know, it, it, don't even get me like the Packers organization, right? I mean, the fans feel one way, the organization feels another way. It's, it's just a sports thing. Yes, but I think in this stance is Rask has been the goalie for the Bruins for what? To starter for five years now? No, longer. Yeah, I think longer. Way, way so longer, I think. He, 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 he took, he technically like had a season. Years. 20 the year after they the year before they won the Stanley Cup he was a starter the entire season then uh, Thomas played another season after that so he's technically been the starter for let's see since 20, 2012 2012 yeah. okay so 2012 so it's been 9 years like, you know you have your good and your bad and we have stuck with him i i think of him as a backup he's not my favorite goalie but I do stick with him now. And then when you talk like Marcus Smart and Brad Stevens, they've been there. We've given them a couple of years. When you have Aaron Judge do what he did last year and the year before, and then all of a sudden this season, they're like, nah, you know, this guy is it, it, just trash. Like we don't want him on our team anymore. That I think is the difference in the sense where they're not even giving their own team a chance. They just see that slump and they ride it and they coattail and tell everyone, to sell, sell out. Well, and I mean, there's a balance there. It's at some point you're gonna have to bite that bullet and say, well, shit, we've poured every ounce of dollar that we can into this. We brought in <laughs> the biggest names on the market year after year, pitching, batting, <laughs> everything. We've raised our own talent and Aaron judge and we've done X, Y, Z. We've done everything that it seems possible to do with this group of guys. And we just can't get over the hump, be it injuries or whatever it is. It's just not working at some point. So I, they may be jumping the gun a little bit, of course. And I don't think Aaron Judge necessarily is the core issue. I think there are other pieces that you would look to unload first with Judge still being as young as he is. But you, you, you want him to be, I mean, he's the, it's, he's the future of your team. Right, exactly. I think you would fire sale everything else first before judge. You'd think that they do exactly the opposite of what the Red Sox did with Mookie Betts. <laughs> I, that, yes, yes. I, mm. <laughs> that's gonna sting. That's gonna sting probably for the rest of my life. That's, oh, that, I saw non-flashbacks going through your mind, Rob. That's that's probably gonna go down as like one of the. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the Tom Brady one's going to be a very, very close second. Well, but that wasn't it. Mm, so, that's different. No, no, yeah, no, that's, that's, that, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Different. It's super different. The Mookie Betts one for me, I will be salty about that until the end of my days. Like, I will I, never, the ever get move over that. that the Red and, Sox franchise has made since. Paper. And, like, and of course, the, the, the Red Sox will come out and they're like, you know, we offered Mookie money. You want it? Shut up. Shut up. All you right. didn't offer you, him enough you, money. <laughs> you offered him a high five and a hot dog. Don't don't tell me you offered him money. All right. Like oh hell yeah, that's pay a quote. Mookie Betts. That's a fucking quote. You pay right Mookie there. Betts any any dollar amount he wants. Any. Yep. 
Yes, Chris. For as long as he wants. <laughs> as long as he wants. If he wants to sign a thirty-year, forty-billion dollar contract, bet done. Yeah, done. he wants two. He wants two hot dogs, man. You give. Are you telling me that Tim the Goat Tebow can switch positions in sports at thirty-four, and you won't pay Mookie, who was twenty-nine at the time? Are you kidding me? Again, Urban Meyer. <laughs> That's why. Okay, bringing it back to the Red Sox. Me and Zach talked about this Sunday. Did we? I stand strongly with this that Mookie bets <laughs> the trade <laughs> is the second worst thing is is the um, next Babe Ruth. I'm not saying curse of the Bambino, but we're team. Yeah, is, wait, is, isn't that what you just said? Yeah. Well, I wasn't listening because I was waiting to say my point. (laughs) Which happened to be the same point that Drew just said. Chris, I think think you're you're right. Chris, that was a stellar take, dude. Great job, Chris. Thank you. Original content by Chris Cass. It also stings way, way more. And, okay, funny enough, for as salty as I am about it, I love that he went to the Dodgers because, yes, Dodgers are great. Dodgers deserve literally everything ever. Because they went through such a crap in the early 2000s and like the 2010s. Anyways. All right. Measles like it is. Uh, World <laughs> no, the fact three years in a row and losing. And mm. the, then the, the – well, they lose to the Cheaters, okay? And then they okay. lose to the Red Sox, who – I mean, that was, you know – first of all, the Dodgers have kind of ment- – I think the, the Dodgers mentally checked out of that World Series against the Red Sox before it even started. I mean, you could you could just see the way that they were playing. They gave everything they had to that extra innings game. But I mean, that one wasn't, that was one where like the Red Sox were like, let's do this. Like it's our first time without Poppy. We're going into this. We got a great team. David Price was like, was playing ball, but okay, no, hold up. Sorry. That's like super, not the point. The point is I love that the Red Sox are doing really well, but Zach, this is exactly same is same along the lines to that NBA point I made. The Red Sox organization's narrative is, hey, we're cool. Like, we let go of Mookie and we're balling out now. And it's like, I'm just so frustrated that they can fall back on that, right? It's the same I was talking about with, hey, playoff contention works because we're going to get a great market game. Red Sox organization's going to go, guys, I mean, I know you're so bummed that we let a generational, once-in-a-lifetime, face-of-the-franchise-level talent in his prime go. But guys, we're we're winning baseball games. But hey, guys, Alex Verdugo. Yeah, and unfortunately, all Don't Red Sox fans. Doogie. Alex Verdugo is great. I think he's, he's a phenomenal great. player. He's I do great. not think he was Mookie level trade worthy. No. Um, but okay. Here's my question, Rob. Was anyone? Yes. Mike Trout. There are okay. there are three baseball players that I would have liked to have received for Mookie Betts. Not even like from from the Dodgers. There are only three baseball players. That I would have liked to have received. Shohei Tani, okay. Francisco Lin- Lindor. Lou Gehrig. And um, no, just his disease. No. And Lou Gehrig in just his wheelchair his or, or, yes. in his pride. or Cody, <laughs> Cody Be- uh, Be- Bellinger. Same Those thing. are the three Take baseball the C players. out of ALCS and you got it. Yeah. So Look I only him. would have accepted Bellinger. <laughs> yeah. I only would have accepted Poor Bellinger. James. Yeah, I, I don't really want anything to do with Lindor. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. And Otani is just why I, I would not take him. I would tell you because I would take him for because you get what? an ace in the rotation would, and then yeah, a fucking you DH. Would, you would you would bring a dominant pitcher uh, into an organization that notoriously has had terrible pitching, and Shohei Otani rakes. And yeah, you can maybe sit there and go, well, he's not going to hit, 
because the DH system, yeah, but he's he's batting as a DH anyways. They're they're finding ways around it. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. But I, I'm I think you almost at the point where if I was if the Red Sox were a National League team, a hundred percent, I'm kind of at the point where like I wouldn't take him on an American League team. And that's just my standing, I think, because I think you'd get caught up in that rotational issue where if he pitches, yeah, if he pitches. He can play the DH the next game, but he can only play as a pitcher. If you put him on as a pitcher, he can only play so many in the American League before he has to sit out. Um, That's okay. Fair point. And also, I want to switch out Francisco Lindor for Fernando Tatis Jr. That's those are, those, no one could get hit. There was no those, possible. Those are the three players. That were, but you're right. You're right. Shohei might not have done like he, he probably couldn't have been as efficient here. But I'm not making these. I'm 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 not saying this in terms of like looking at that way. I'm just saying those are the level. That's the level of talent I would have wanted for. for had I got any of those though, I'm still salty about it. But those are the three where I can at least be, or I can at least like hang my hat on it. Mm-hmm. That would that would have been my follow up question is even if you gotten those players would you would you actually have been I mean, satisfied or not? Honestly, you and and I think you you guys can agree with me on this. In the long term, I would have to shut up because Mookie was he was twenty nine. He was trying to sign a max deal. He's baseball players as far as their longevity in in into the later years they don't have that speed. So Mookie's Mookie's not going to be as effective long term as he would have been. But I mean, it's Mookie Betts. Like, it's just, it's like, it's like giving away like David Ortiz. Like, you just wouldn't do it. Quick right? interjection here. Though, and Mookie Betts was twenty-seven. Was he twenty? Is he so? Yeah, he's currently he's twenty-eight 29. years old. Oh, that's fine. But okay. he still even, stands even, by the even, point. Even then, Jim, shaving off like a year or two, that max contract's bringing him right into his mid mid thirties. In which case, if I had maxed out like Fernando Tatis, even at the end of that max deal, he's now entering his like early thirties. Yeah, but you're Ultimately, also saying you're also the same guy who said Aaron Judge was the future of the Yankees at twenty nine. Yeah, but that's but he because he's because he's already established player. He's he's already great, so he can be the future forever, and he fits the exact mold of a baseball player who will play long into his years. He's a big power hitter. Those guys lose you 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 lose your speed before you lose your strength. That's fair. Is he the future or is he the now? Because it sounds like he's the now. Well, both. Not fantasy wise. Until the Yankees win the World Series. You until the Yankees win a World Series. And the future. He absolutely can. Yes. No, Drew. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Because until the Yankees win a World Series, you can only call them working towards the, the future. Until they win, everything is towards the future. I want I mean, to chime in two things. That's fair. And bringing back to when the Red Sox make the World Series, I think what has the Red Sox stick out more than any other team is when they make the World Series, at least in the 2000s, they're 4 and up. Yeah. And it's kind of that point where when they Wait, make that it, World uh, Series, they know they're bringing it home. There's just something about it. They just know that they're going to bring it home. But yeah. the other point I wanted to make is – I think the Red Sox, I blame most of it on Dombrowski because the Red Sox used to be a team that gave those players max max deals. We can look at Pedroia. We can look at Ortiz. We can look at so many different players that were given max deals that they thought were generational talent or that were generational talent. But Dombrowski fucked our whole entire farm system up so bad, the whole team throughout the long run, yeah. that with Mookie, Time Bloom had nothing left to do 
but get rid of Mookie. There was no yeah, way to keep him when you look down into the stats. It was just, it wasn't possible. Yeah, but even if you blame Dave Dombrowski, which I totally think you should, and I'm also like, to me, I was laughing so hard when all of a sudden people like the people in the Red Sox, like organization fan base, were like, wait, he does that? Like, guys, that's not news. That's how Dave does everything. It's how, it's how mm-hmm. he was with the Marlins. It's how he was in Detroit. You still blame the organization as a whole. Because you, they knew what they were getting with D- D- Dombrowski. So mm-hmm. I, I unfortunately can't let the whole like, yeah, it's Dave's fault entirely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a large portion of it. But the organization couldn't have been shocked when all of a sudden he's gone and they're That's looking at an absolute disaster you, of a budget. It's literally what you brought him in to do. I don't yeah. know that you yeah. envisioned yes. it ending in losing Mookie Betts at the end of the day. But yeah. you brought Dave Dombrowski to bring in players to build a team that was going to win a World Series, and he fucking did. He and he did very much like against his own like skill set too, because he brought in truly. I I will always argue that he brought in, and yes, Chris Sale's kind of like the big winner, but Pablo Sandoval, Hanley Ramirez, like, are you kidding? Oh. And then yeah, and he he definitely you know burned the notion of max deals. Um, but then how bad are you at scouting or not even scouting? How bad are you at looking outside onto the diamond and not realizing that regardless of what Dave did, you do everything you can to keep a player like Mookie. Like that blew my mind. Like literally everybody else on that team, you could, you could get, I mean, you, you can get rid of before Mookie. And I, and there's like, I love JD Martinez and I love Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers. And I think that's a solid, like that's a great squad. I just, I just don't think they tried hard enough. I just, I, I truly don't. I if it comes out that they offered him like the most money available and he was like, nah, I'm good. That's different. That's a different story. Right, but but he, not, he, he came out and said he want he wanted to be a Red Sox for life. Yeah. Oh, at well, yeah. one point they did offer him a huge deal. They did. But in comparison to some of the ones that were signed later that year or earlier that year, was it a huge deal or was it the best they could do? Because no, you, yeah, you, you also bad. want to be respected as a baseball player. Like, yeah. Also, we all they offered what, him a three hundred million dollar contract. He wanted. Yeah, but what we all know about max max deals, how is that money really awarded yearly? Good point. We don't know, right? I mean, was that all that money, and then it was backloaded? Was it incentive based on performance? Mm-hmm. We'll we'll never know. Remember, but, they were also dealing with Pedroia's taking twelve and a half mil each year too. So. Yeah, I mean, I, we talked about this a long time ago, but they kind of pulled with Pedroia. Zach will know what I'm talking about. I don't know if anyone else remembered what's going on with Mark Savard. And it's kind of, he got injured on the team and he's just that generational talent. And you're like, well, we can't just end his contract and shoot I him on the road. I think it's a was, lot different with Pedroia than Savard. Savard, he got hurt. You knew that he wasn't going to play again. That was... That was kind of it. Pedroia played. He came back. He played for a couple of years. Three games. Spot- he played yeah, nine but- games over four years. Right. But he's still coming back. He's still trying to play. And you're saying, hey, well, you're Dustin Pedroia. You've been with us since 2008. You're the captain yeah. of our team. You're, it, we're going to let you have the chance to keep trying to play if you want. But as soon as you don't want to do that anymore, let us know, please. <laughs> See, that's the thing, though, is I think I completely agree with that. And 100%, I would give Pedroia any opportunity where he feels he's okay. But I think deep down, the organization and Pedroia knew he was done. I just wish back in, you know, after his first thumb injury, when he knew that he couldn't throw or catch the same anymore, I wish they just said, dude, you're still young. 
get better, be on the best hitting as they look at his receiving hairline ever. <laughs> I mean, he is. He was so yeah, young. See, I don't. I don't think that they, he was a hitting coach. It would have been ridiculous. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's how that was going to play out. I think it couldn't. If, it could. It, it could because it was either twenty twenty one. It was, but let's just let, let's just say for our argument's sake that for one reason or another, the Red Sox are recognizing that hey, Dustin, like your future with our organization is kind of over. And Dustin's like, yeah, man, I get it. Cool, and they part ways. And then somehow he ends up on another team and plays really well name alone would have angered every Red Sox fan in the world. I mean, it's, yeah, that's very fair. You know, it's, but I, I, the Dustin Pedroia situation is, is just kind of like a really sad one onto itself. You never want to see a player have his career just harpered by injuries until the end, especially one who really was amazing in that first like four or five years, six years. Mm -hmm. Um, MVP, gold glove, silver slugger. Yeah, yeah it's just along those lines of meaning to the organization, like Jason Veritek levels of just clubhouse presence and yeah. hometown sentimental just value. Like, just like a hometown name, or sorry, household name, household hero. Yeah, exactly. If you knew one person on the Red Sox or two because of David Ortiz, yeah. it was David Ortiz and Dustin Pedro. Yeah, yeah. I can like I can name like the big four, you know, Pedro Martinez, Manny Ramirez. Dustin Pedroia, David Ortiz. And then you can like play with the other ones. Like Nomar. I think you've got to throw Veritek in there. Um, Veritek, Nomar. Nomar to a degree. To a de- yeah, jo- Johnny Damon. Uh, yeah, oh, that's a part they're hurt really bad. That's a name that you can use kind of comparing <laughs> with Dustin Pedroia. And if you would let him go, if he had ended up on a team yeah. like the Yankees, if he had ended yeah. up on wherever. We can say the same thing. Yeah, with Ellsbury, we can say the same exact thing. But it, that I think that speaks more to that rivalry between the Red Sox and Yankees and not necessarily like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that big. Right. Yeah. Whereas like if it was like a lower level rivalry in a different sport, would you would you could could you make the same argument? Right. Or even a different team. Right. Right. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> So, on, uh, hey, guys, on the note of uh, Mookie Betts, because Jesus Christ, I didn't expect the Red Sox thing to go off that long, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgers are sliding like a motherfucker. They're not. They just won their last series. And, and they so they just lost last night to the Marlins, but you can't count that game because everyone in the batting order was just a bench player. They didn't start any of their original, like none of their starters. Uh, yeah, but that's because they don't have many of their starters. Belly's out with a hairline fracture. Sure. Corey Seager just hit the injured list. You still have Muncie. You still have Turner. Mad Max is have... the only reliable thing they have going right you now. You still have Mookie. Like, Mookie played great last night. And he's, he's definitely been down fine. this season. That's for sure. Yeah. Mookie's sure. been having a, a down year. Um, he's batting in the 250s. But um, it's also baseball. Right. It's early it, in the absolutely. year. But... Like, when all of your other stars are hurt and your number one, again, generational talent is playing like a slightly above average player, that's when you start to run into issues and stuff. They're very lucky that they have a ridiculous For, pitching staff. The, one of the most dominant, like, I think that's probably the scariest pitching staff in baseball. Oh my God. Starting pitching Absolutely. staff, their bullpen oh, hasn't yeah. done them dick. No, but when your starters are so, so good and carry you into inning seven and eight, does, Dude, did like, you see what Trevor Bauer has been doing to people? Like, okay, it's his, insane. Trevor Bauer his, lights out. His curveball and slider. First of all, uh, there was a statistic I saw. 
he has the, the most. He has the most, not the most dominant fastball. There was it's a, and as with like baseball, there are statistics that no one cares about. It's like, oh, what is your slugging percentage when like a hot dog is sold four minutes before the sun shines through? Like, no, it's that no one cares about half those statistics. But he does. Um, his fastball is something like the single most. It's it's either the most successive or the most or sorry successful or the most. It's not again. It's not the most dominant, but it is like the most something, like the most powerful or the most efficient pitch. In and it's it's right now. purely because of how ridiculous his off speed stuff is. Oh my when, god! It's nuts. when you're trying to hit the nonsense that he's throwing, and then all of a sudden he throws a fastball, and you're expecting it to drop seven inches. It's like oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. No, so. I think. Do I think the that like the Dodgers are like in any real danger right now as far as like this season getting away from them no no injury bug maybe can you blame anyone for it no No, i mean i i wouldn't start slamming the panic button but drew go ahead the the upside of that is is um seager doesn't need surgery on his hands right Mm -hmm. they're looking at probably four to six weeks to get him back (laughs) bellinger's starting a rehab assignment this week so they're getting close to getting their stars back and that'll take a lot of the pressure off the guys that are keeping them afloat now, like Max Muncy and what Mookie's been able to do and Justin Turner to a degree. And, mm. and I, I ask, um, and I, I asked this, this, this question, if you, as far as where you're sliding, don't you think it's better to slide on hitting than pitching, right? As long as your pitching's dominant, like when, like, like in a lot of games, you really need one or two batters to do well one game, and you and you can win if your pitching's dominant. So yeah, they're losing some of their hitters to injury, but I it's so much easier to 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 stack wins to win games one nothing than it is to go up and have a really crappy pitching force and a great batting, and you got to win slugfests, right? So don't you think the Dodgers are, I mean, in a better position as far as if you got to lose one or the other? Yeah, no, if they're gonna lose one, they picked the right one i guess um you're absolutely right it's much better to go into a situation where you only have to again depend on one or two guys to scrape a run or two across the board as opposed to betting on your whole team to put up six or seven yeah like if if your pitching staff can't hold it up and you're constantly trying to win games with everyone in the batting order going three for four three rbi every night and you're trying to win these like eight to nine you know nine to eight games or 13 to 12 games it's an uphill battle and it's a lot harder um it, here's here's my thing about it is this is not a division you want to fall behind in i always talk sure. about the al west the nl west you're talking about the giants who have had a fat resurgence i mean they're sitting in first as i look at it right now the padres who were a 500 team have now cracked through that mark and the dodgers who are sitting at just above five not just above four games above 500 right is that okay that's a really really good point you're right the dodgers can't afford to lose games they especially in a, in a division as, as just merciless as this one. Cause you're right. There could be a very, like, it could be like, they could end up keep winning, but they're still 10 games back. And I also didn't... the the giants coming out of nowhere to play really good baseball is actually like really interesting. They've done a really good job with their farm system. They, the Yastrzemski. Oh, do they know, Russian. do they know Dave Dabrowski? They should bring him over. I forget where he, <laughs> no, he's in Philly now. Um, that explains so much. Yeah. Is I argue, really, I yeah, argue Philly's probably one of the single most like disappointing teams, 
but also that's that we can uh, i, I want to talk about that later like the phillies like, actually you know, i kind of want to i kind of want to dive into that a bit now because drew we're going to talk about your division before we finish off our baseball talk what the fuck yeah um the nationals blow that's that's not 16 that's and 20 yeah they're bad um oh my so god i i think it's still just weird to look at it and see that the uh Mets are sitting on top of that division, even though they've played like six less games than the whoever the fuck's in second, the Phillies, whatever. Ooh. Yeah, Phillies are in two. Um, and the Braves have definitely underperformed um, injuries there as well, but still thought that they would be able to hold their loan own a little bit better. Um, I don't know. That division's a complete shit show. Um, once the Mets make up their, their games, we'll see how that goes, but I don't know. Anybody but the Nationals race there. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at it before when we were looking at the NL West, and I was like, oh, damn, the Rockies are fucking 15 and 26. And I was like, oh, the Nationals are 16 and 20. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. It's weird because there's just a smattering of with COVID and everything and everything that's happened. And just teams that have played, like, significantly less games than other teams and stuff. It just sucks. You can't really compare as well. All right. Well, I have nothing else to add. I don't really have a master debaters. I don't have a trash bag for this week, unless you guys have someone you want to throw in there. I think we're running a little late, anyways. So yeah, we're this is a long ass episode. <laughs> but I think it was I think it was also really important because it's you know everyone had like well I I think a lot of us had opinions we didn't definitely plan on going into, so it was actually really fun <laughs> to like talk about it. <laughs> yeah, Rob yelled at us about the basketball brackets. Um, so anyway, that's fair. God, I'm starting to get the reputation of just yelling about everything. I'm going to tone that down. No, keep it going. <laughs> I love it. So thank you all for joining us. As you, you so bitch. Don't cut off my ending. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for joining us on another episode of the Boda show. Uh, you know where to find us, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, wait, what? Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Boda Sports. This will be on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. Hi, how are you? Good to see you. Um, other than that, I got nothing. So if anybody else has anything to say, you know how I'm going to sign off. Unless yeah, anybody. Say yabo. Have a good evening, everyone. Yeah, hey. Rob, you're going you're gonna to need to stay. You're going to need to stay blank. We'll figure it out from there. Stay, Stay vegetables. Don't, don't feel bad, Stay I don't broccoli. Know. Oh, God. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing. We will workshop Good God. Stuff. All right. Stay beautiful. Fucking God. Mm-hmm.